Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I'm so glad you joined me. Oh, what a week this has been. So if you were expecting a podcast earlier this week, <coughs> didn't happen, as you know. <laughs> but here I am. I'm here. Ta-da. All right. <laughs> Again, if you're a first-time listener, we start out podcasts with quotes. I call pod quotes, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But if you're wondering who in the world this is talking to you, this is Karen. <laughs> you can find out more information about me on womaninspired.com. And that includes all the interesting tidbits and things about um, my faith, about um, conferences, retreats, social media accounts, and how you can schedule me to speak at your retreat or conference that you might have coming up. And if you don't have one coming up, I say, you know, organize one and schedule it. I'll show up. <laughs> all right. So the this podcast <coughs> and hosts of other quality, really faith-based podcasts on all kinds of issues, drama, comedy, um, and everything in between can be found on Edify. That's at the E-D-I-F-I app, and it's a newer podcast platform, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff on there. I'm part of the Spark Media Collective underneath the Edify app, and I'm also on Google YouTube, podcasts, um, Pandora, iHeart, Podbean, just loads and loads of others. So you can find me if you look for me. And maybe you might have just stumbled across from me and weren't looking for me. Thank you for tuning in too. I appreciate it. All right. So let's get started. Uh, this podcast episode is actually listener questions numero two. Um, but we're going to start with the quotes. All right. Ready? This is a quote from Corey Ten Boom. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. I love that. I actually heard that recently. And I know I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard it many times in the past. But it's one of those that it just escaped me. It hit me when I needed to, to have it hit me. Um, and it kind of smacked me in the face this past week. So never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And then here's one that's anonymous that I came across that I really loved. Trusting brings life. Believing brings rest. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and giver of life. And he is the giver of rest too, isn't he? When we believe and we have faith and we have trust, isn't it a whole lot easier to just rest? Rest your mind, rest your body, rest in him, not sit and worry and panic, you know, um, so, all right, my friends, let the questions, the questions begin. All right, <clears throat> here's a good question. <laughs> you may not think so, but I thought it was a good question. All right, thank you, listeners, by the way, who keep sending me questions now because you liked my listener questions episode one. So here we are on two. There's probably going to be a three. All right, where do you get your shoes? Why in the world would someone ask that? <laughs> I actually think it's because I've mentioned a few times in my podcast that I have very large feet. Okay, fine. No problem. It's a valid question. Uh, but it's it's not like I, I wear a size 15, people. Uh, like a quadruple E or something, which probably would be very difficult to find. Um, and maybe it was somebody who also has the same size feet I do. And they're trying to figure out where they can get shoes. Um, it is difficult to find shoes for a size 11 wide shoe <laughs> but 
uh, nonetheless. And so this is actually a question I'm asked when I do speaking speaking. <laughs> I actually do speak when I do speaking engagements at events, um, because if you've never seen me speak before, uh, especially at a full weekend retreat or a conference that might have several sessions, then you haven't seen me do little skits and and stories and how animated I get and sometimes I change clothes and just do kind of crazy things. It's not like I'm a, a fashionista, as they say, or sort of a clothing diva. Um, it's really more about skits and things and just making sure that I change things up. So I do try to look nice at times, but it's not really about the clothes. Um, it doesn't always happen, you know, for me to look nice, but I really try. <laughs> <laughs> that's life right but for some reason I always want my feet to look nice I don't know um, <laughs> I also like to be comfortable and sometimes my clothing style is a little quirky and so are my shoes so I will take several different pairs of shoes with me now I do wear just kind of generic shoes every day as well but when I want to dress up or do something I just like different shoes so every time I speak throughout an event I wear a different pair of shoes for each outfit or every session. And if I happen to be doing some sort of story or skit that involves shoes, then I'll change my shoes right there on stage. And do not be surprised if I actually speak while wearing slippers, funky slippers or funky socks. <laughs> funky is the term my family uses for colorful, crazy looking socks or shoes. So I don't know right now if I still have them on my website. I don't, I don't know if I do, but I used to have pictures of my feet. <laughs> and my shoes on my website. Um, when I had professional headshots done a few years ago, I also had professional feet shots done. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just one of those things. It took me a long time in my life to try to figure out why I love socks and shoes so much. Okay. Actually, that that's really not accurate. Let me correct that. I haven't spent that much time and thought on it at all. So it's not like I've been stewing for years. Why? Why? It's not that. It's just that it dawned on me a few years ago that the reason I love socks and shoes is because I was made fun of from the time I was in about second grade for having very large feet. So somewhere deep inside me, I think I decided to accentuate them and put it out there. Yes, I know I have big feet look, they're still pretty cool. And so I started to have fun with it. You know, thank you. We can move on now. You know, I have big feet. Uh, and I think that might be why I talk about it when I get up and speak. So the making fun of my feet, though, let me just put it out there. It did not bother me per se. I, I remember a few times my brothers just harped on it and harped on it in front of other people. And it embarrassed me. But other than that, they joked around about it. And, and I actually thought it was funny. I started to hop on the jokes as well they used to say that they would use my shoes as surfboards um or they used to call me rabbit foot and then they started calling me kangi foot like a kangaroo that one stuck for quite some time by the way and and then they said they would put wheels on my shoes and use them as skateboards <laughs> which i'm sorry but all of those things are funny to me especially given the fact that i'm not a tall person at all um <laughs> it's so anyway i i feel like um it's one of those things that doesn't bother me. So don't get all, you know, shackles up in arms and all of that kind of stuff because you're you're worried that someone was bullying me. Um, I have been bullied in my life, but that was not bullying, and I found it very funny. Would I say it to anybody else? No, it was funny because it was about me. So I have worn a size 11 women's shoe since I was 
just before I was in junior high school. So now when I was in junior high school, way back then, it was not easy to find size 11 women's shoes. Uh, it really isn't that much better now, actually. <laughs> you really have to uh, hunt for them. But I just know more now where to look compared to back then. But back then, they were also limited as far as what kind of cool shoes or nice-looking shoes you could buy that were size 11. Um, so if I found any, I, I would just grab them uh, the quick as, as quick as I could. And I remember my very first pair of high tops. They were a bright, bright yellow high top. And I bought them at Mr. S. Clothing Store in Vernal, Utah. Yeah. I know, I, and I ended up bought a sweater jacket to match that yellow. I loved it. That was in high school. Oh, I loved that jacket and those high tops. I wore them out. I mean, completely wore them both out. And now I have a uh, black and pink uh, pair of Converse All-Star high tops. But a few years ago, I had a pair of pale yellow Converse All-Stars with daisies on them like little tiny daisies. They were so pretty. And if you're oohing and aahing right now, um, then you get it. You understand the love of shoes. And when I broke my foot uh, a few years ago, I couldn't wear these wonderful yellow daisy Converse All-Stars anymore because my foot was so swollen. And the doctor said it would be swollen probably for a good year. I'm, and even after that, I might not feel comfortable in them. So I got really bummed about it. But Ironically, and I, I can't say it's coincidence because I don't believe in coincidence. At the same time, I heard of someone in town who had a daughter with size 11 feet and she was in the eighth grade. So I really felt for her and her family couldn't afford expensive shoes. Um, and if you're going to buy size 11 female shoes, they're going to be expensive. So pretty much no matter where you buy them, they're a little high priced. So I gave her my Converse All-Stars with daisies on them. <laughs> yes, there are times I wish I had them back because now I could wear them, but I know I did the right thing. All that being said, where do I get my shoes? I got way off rambling there, folks. Sorry about that. So where do I get my shoes? Um, uh, I get them in various places, actually. Uh, the wonderful Daisy Pale Yellow Converse All-Star Shoes with the, the, the little flowers on them I got at a little Amish store in Ohio. Uh, it's, it was in their basement. They had a shoe outlet. So I bought these Converse All-Stars uh, at that outlet for $25. Don't be jealous. Um, <laughs> what a steal. The, they, they really were. The Amish owner, <laughs> he asked me if I was a basketball player. And I thought, I'm thinking to myself, does he see how short I am? Um, but he asked me anyway, and I laughed. And I said, uh, no. And I asked if they regularly got size 11 shoes in because they're hard to find. And he said, no, we get shoes that other stores can't sell. Have you thought about going barefoot? <laughs> Which is not that funny because a lot of Amish people go barefoot in that part of the part of Ohio, but uh, it was hilarious to me. So anyway, there's that question. The current pair of high tops that I have, um, I purchased uh, at a flea market, uh, believe it or not. And I'm not fond of buying used shoes um, and spending money on used shoes. But uh, this woman had several pair of size 11 shoes in her booth. I don't actually... Um, usually purchase clothing and shoes from a flea market. It's just a thing of mine because I have OCD. Um, but these were brand spanking new, and I purchased them for $11. And yes, they're real, so cha-ching. Yeah, I, I disinfected them anyway, and they're just fine. 
uh, a lot of times I get my shoes while I'm traveling um, and I just happen it onto some obscure shoe store like I did with the Amish store that's in a different town and they might have a pair of 11 shoes that have been sitting on their shelf for a long time that nobody ever bought. Uh, so I swipe them up or frequently these little shoe stores will have a clearance area and they'll have a couple of pairs of size 11 shoes. So if I find one I like and it's a stupendous deal, I get them. So yes, my feet are gargantuan. Um, no, I'm not tall. And yes, I got robbed. I should have more height and one day I'm going to talk to God about that because he's got some splaining to do. All right. That was a long <laughs> answer to that question. But there it is. Question numero one of listener listener questions numero two. All right. So on to the next question. Extraordinaire. Do you attend church? Yes. Yes, I surely do. Um, I worked in the, a church for so many years um, and attending church just it was a no brainer. It was just a part of my life. It was every day um, that I was in the church. So going to a church normally when you work at a church you're expected to attend that church at least in if you're on ministry staff if you're um just on like if you're in custodial staff or something that's monday through friday um, sometimes administrative assistance you're not expected to go to that church but if you're on ministerial staff of course you're going to be there on every sunday every wednesday usually and every single holiday so um, I haven't been on staff in at a church in a little over four years now, and it's it's still sometimes strange for me. It's a difficult thing to adjust to, to but not long after leaving a, the, a church where I was on staff, the COVID hit. Um, so we have done home church and attended various services online for a few years, like a lot of other people. And we've recently gone back to a church where we feel that the Lord is leading us to. And it's a Holy Spirit-filled church. It's peaceful. I'm, I'm really uh, thankful to the Lord that he guided us there, and we'll just see how it goes. But we just find ourselves at a point, again, when the Holy Spirit is reminding us that we need to be a part of corporate worship, um, part of ministry that's uh, not just dependent on us. So we need to not forsake attendance with others. And no matter how aggravated a church body or a denomination or a group of people or a pastor can make us, and they do, <laughs> don't they? Um, this is what we're supposed to do, and this is what God prefers for us to do. So have you ever attended a church? Yeah, that was the question. And oh my word, what a big bunch of, of uh, humans we are, right? Oh, wow. Why, why would we want to attend a church with other humans? That's kind of the question in our head, right? That's right, my friends. People in churches are humans. And I have heard for years people call their churches their church family. You, have you heard that? People will say this is their church family. And it should be. But come on. I'm reminded over and over and over again. Most families are dysfunctional <laughs> in one way or another. They have spats. They have disagreements. They have people they don't like in their own family. They have people they won't even talk to in their own family. And guess what? A church family is no different. So why do we expect that just because people meet in a bigger building with a cross on it somewhere or in it somewhere and they sing songs together, that they'd be any less dysfunctional in that building than they would be outside of that building or meeting in somebody's living room? Um, it's something that's really affected me over the last few years, especially because I have my own um, feelings and disgruntledness with certain denominations and with 
certain churches and and things like that so the bible says though in hebrews 10 24 through 25 and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some in other words there were people back then that were not meeting together but encourage one each another instead and all the more as you see the day drawing near so the day meaning the day of the lord's return so the more time goes on, the more we're being called to meet together. Does that mean it has to be in a big church building? No, it can be in somebody's living room. That's called, now we call it a home church. Back then they just called it church because they didn't have church buildings. They met in people's <laughs> living rooms. So um, it's that's the way it is, and that's what we're called to do. And so that's really what we've come back to in our house and trying really hard to follow what it says in the Bible that um, – we should stir each other up with love and good works. And how do we do that if we are not together at times? So this is why we're meeting and why we are back in church full time after this whole COVID respite. So, you know, it is a habit of some not to attend. And many now, in fact, don't attend church. And it became my habit for a while too. But I had to go to God. I had to seek his direction and just start visiting churches. And that can be a painful process. Um, I would, you know, visit churches, my husband and I would, and then I, we had to take a ba- break from it because it just got exhausting. You know, sometimes you can walk into church and you don't feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. That happens. I'm not going back. Um, it's really hard if when you walk into to someplace and you just feel a great void. Not that all the people are empty, but the, ch- the presence of the Holy Spirit isn't there. And that's really hard for me to walk back in that door. Um, so we just had to keep doing it over and over again. Uh, We did this together, my husband and I, and the expectations that people put on those who work at churches or even people who attend churches uh, would be more realistic and down to earth if more people actually attended. Sometimes we put people in churches or church families on pedestals and, and as soon as one person does something wrong or offends us or gets out of line or does something criminal even, uh, or I don't know, something human, we cancel church altogether. It's like, oh, that's how church is. Oh, that's how all people are. And we're done and over it. But you know what? They're just people. They put their pants on both legs at a time while they're sitting on the toilet in the morning, just like I do. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, but they're just people. And I assure you, uh, I'm human. I'm not saying it's easy to find a church or go to church even, but as I, much as I can assure you I'm human, I can assure you they're human. And it's a big challenge to accept sometimes other people's humanity and have that compassion and grace that God wants us to to attend church. But that's a challenge for us, and so that's what we're doing. And it can hurt, but God gives it to us and puts it on our heart, and he expects us to do these things for a reason. And so uh, we're walking on faith and just trusting him, uh, whether it's this church we've been attending or another one in the future this is what we're doing. So yes, I, we do attend church and I do feel that it is important. Um, I do believe if we do not forsake or neglect meeting together that, um, we would not see love or tolerance. In other words, if we did what the Bible says, if we would actually meet together, uh, and we did it more often that we would see more love and tolerance and acceptance and grace and compassion for our fellow man or woman, um, people who are the same as us, people who are different from us, 
and it would become more and more prevalent in our culture and our communities. So I do believe there's purpose and meaning in, in why we're being told we should do this. You know, we would have to see each other uh, more face-to-face on a regular basis that rather than through virtual means or behind a screen and this protective cover that we have of distancing from a phone to a phone or social media to social media, it's much more difficult to insult and spread lies and be harmful to someone when you're face-to-face and you have to look them in the eye and you have to get to know them and understand that they have they have feelings and, and, and issues just like you do and passion and compassion and goofiness and um, it, that's hard to do over a Zoom call or social media platform all the time. So do you have to attend a church to be a Christian or for Christ to love you? No, absolutely not. When Christian churches first existed, again, as I said earlier, they met in people's homes for safety reasons a lot and because there weren't big fancy buildings. But they grew and church buildings were built. So I'd like to challenge you, like I've had to challenge myself the past six months, to try and try really hard to swallow your angst or your social anxiety or disgruntledness uh, with uh, a way church the work uh, the way a church works um, or even laziness about not wanting to get up and get out of bed and on a Sunday morning to find a church um, because there are a lot of churches that meet on Friday evening or Saturday evening too and just I'm just going to challenge you to give it give it a try at least give it a try for a month of Sundays praying each week to go in with an open mind and an open heart because that's really important not every church will be the right fit for you and maybe there is not a right fit for you right now that's okay but at least try try not to close yourself off from the idea of it because let me share this even if you go in and you don't think you need any of those people or they don't seem nice enough or friendly enough to you maybe it's not about you (laughs) maybe it's about them Maybe you're not there to get something more than a, a solidly, solid kind of godly biblical message and an opportunity to praise and worship for the day. But maybe, just maybe you're there for someone else. Maybe it's about someone else because you have something to give and something to share. There's something that you're gifted with. Bec- and maybe there's someone there that needs you, not the other way around. <coughs> okay. All right, so on to the next question. Who is your favorite Bible character? Okay, this is an awkward question, and yet it's a little laughable, because let me just share this. While there might be some personalities and interesting people talked about in the Bible, they are not quote-unquote characters. (laughs) The Bible is not a fictional story. So yes, Jesus told some parables, some stories, to make a point and share some wisdom on how he wants us to live. That's true. That's in the Bible. But the people in the Bible are not characters in a fiction book. They were real people. Moses, real. Stone tablets with commandments on them, real. Noah, real. Loads of water, gurgle, gurgle, flood, real. (laughs) The disciples, real. Satan, unfortunately, real. Jesus, praise God, oh, he's real. Okay, and so I had to choose, if I had to choose my favorite, well, then hands down, my favorite person in the Bible has got to be Jesus, right? Because I'm a great Christian. (laughs) That's the Jesus speak. That's what we're we're supposed to say, right? And the Holy Spirit, of course, too. Um, As far as other characters in the Bible, there's just so many that at various times in my life I read about, and they'll jump out off the page and they'll affect me, what they've been through, you know, 
Paul and Peter and Ruth and um, even Doubting Thomas. Um, I mean, there's just so many people as examples in the Bible that we can draw from and take something from. So good question, though. All right. So when and why did you choose to become a Christian speaker? Okay. Well, I actually didn't choose to become an inspirational Christian speaker. I've worked a whole lot of jobs since first going to college, um, yet not really knowing what I wanted to do. I had ideas. I just didn't have zeal for a lot of them or realized after delving into education or training towards them that they weren't exactly a fit for me. So I tell people (laughs) I found out what I wanted to be when I grew up, only when I stopped trying to figure it out and I let God show me what he wanted me to be. And that took until I was in my 30s, by the way. (laughs) So I have worked in a movie theater. I've done fundraising. I've been a patient service coordinator for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. I worked at a bank operations center. I've worked at a a caterer, a print shop, Baskin Robbins. I've been a housekeeper. I've worked in retail. Um, I've been a caregiver. I've worked in a daycare. I worked as a foster care worker in the foster care system. Uh, Then as a children's pastor, a youth pastor, a parent educator, uh, an associate pastor, a teaching assistant for special needs kids, um, a peer support specialist, uh, a parent consultant, and none of those those aren't in any particular (laughs) order because I'm just getting them off my brain. Um, So that's just what I can recall right now. But when I was doing parent education, Uh, It grew into child safety classes. This was in the early 2000s. That grew into me uh, developing a program teaching nonviolent self-defense and child safety awareness. And it it caught on like wildfire in Kentucky. So I've spoken in every school district in the state of Kentucky, which is where I live. So I, I taught that class for a few years all across the state. One of those times I was at a school and a woman asked me if I had ever considered speaking about my faith and giving my testimony and I told her no but she asked if I'd come to her church and give my testimony since she and I had been having a personal conversation about faith on and off for weeks before she scheduled me to speak at the school with the parents so I agreed to I had no idea what I was getting into (laughs) because I had no idea at the time this was a full-on conference and she had scheduled me to speak in front of you know 150 people so at the same time the pastor at the church where I did some part-time work um, as the administrative assistant he eventually um, made me head of family ministries but he encouraged me to set something up at the church there to speak to the women so I did and from there word of mouth just got out and I started getting people calling me or emailing me asking me to come speak at their churches so Fast forward 23 years and a whole lot of stuff in between. Ta-da, here I am. (laughs) Um, So yes, there's been a lot of work in between here and there, but honestly, far less work than most people would think uh, because most of the work has been on God's part. Um, I am not a marketing person. I don't have marketing campaigns. I'm not on YouTube, although I'm working on that. Um, and I'm working on some Instagram videos and been asked to be a part of the Spark Media YouTube channel uh, where I'll do some brief inspirational videos a few times a month. So all of that came about organically and naturally as well, though. So it wasn't something that I sought out or put together. Could I seek it out more? Yeah. So, uh, hey, if anyone out there is great with social media and marketing and would like to help me along, email me, message me, write me a message in the sky, whatever, um, <laughs> let me know. So as for the podcast, a couple years ago, I just felt this desire to start a podcast, and this was before COVID. Um, at first, um, 
I thought I would just write stories about inspirational women and read them. And so I did, but they didn't take off. I mean, these were great women, wonderful stories, but it wasn't me. It was me trying to emulate other podcasts I'd heard. And I knew I wasn't led to the most popular podcast format, which is interviews. And so I thought stories would be terrific, but not long ones, just short ones. I, that's what I was going for. Everyday people, extraordinary inspirational women, but the excitement and authenticity wasn't there for me. I mean, you could hear in the podcast the lack of spark in my voice, um, and those podcasts have now since been deleted. So I prayed and prayed and shifted gears. Um, and, I, you know, I also had, since then time, have had a couple of people tell me, whoa, you know, those first ones were nothing like what you do now and and I love what you do now so I know I made the right choice so once I just let the Holy Spirit take over and lead me the podcast just took off and it still is I'm very thankful I know it's not everything it can be yet or should be yet but it's a journey right so I appreciate that you're here on this journey with me and hanging out with me as things kind of morph and change and and you hear things a little bit differently and and it's one thing that I'm I'm thankful for is the podcasting and the speaking it's so much a part of my life and it helps fuel me and fill me and um, it's just as much of a blessing to me um, as as any gift would be for for someone so I'm very thankful Okay, and I'm thankful that you joined me and that you're tolerating my listener questions. Because <laughs> so just because somebody else asks a question doesn't mean you're going to be interested in it. So hopefully something in here registers with you. All right, so one more question. All right, and I believe there was a similar question to this in the first episode of Listener Questions, but um, I like it, so here goes. Um, what are some of your favorite Bible verses to share with other people and why? I think the first time in the questions... Uh, podcast the first listener question podcast it was just what are your favorite bible verses this is more of a specific question and the verses to share and why so okay so you hear everyone talk about john three sixteen. that's the key verse to christianity right i mean it sums it up it kind of outlines it in case you didn't know it is um, that's what it is. I used to take that verse for granted, though. And it's one of those things you hear so often that it kind of eventually goes in one ear and out the other, right? It's the Christian um, thing that everybody talks about when they talk about missionaries and evangelizing people. And and it's sad but true that I think a lot of Christians have gotten so used to the verse that they don't think about it that much, that John 3.16. But then I went to a conference several years back and I heard Max Lucado speak and he talked about that verse and he actually wrote a book about it. Um, it's the, the verse says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's no rinky dink Bible verse people, but over the years of hearing it, I confess I didn't take time to let the word sink in. So yes, I knew Jesus died on the cross. But this verse is about so much more than that. And that's why it's perfect to share with other people because it is the antithesis of everything our culture says. It is the opposite. It is the flip side, if you will, to excluding people. For those of you who haven't listened to the previous podcast episode, <laughs> that was a cheap plug for it. And shame on you for not listening to it yet. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, when I'm done here, you can go listen to it, though. It's called The Flip Side. All right, so this verse in John 3:16 actually tells us that God gave his son 
for us so that whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. That means whomever. That means everyone. That means you and me and every size, every shape, every color person, every economic status, every culture, every everyone who believes. We live in a world that labels and separates and segregates and sticks people in categories of importance according to how much money they make or what language they speak, what titles or degrees they have or how much money they have, um, what kind of car they drive, if they have a certain IQ, if they're thin or heavy set, or if they have a disability or not, if they're taller, they're shorter, they're lighter, they're dark skinned. But God does not do that. And that's one reason why that verse is one of my favorites to share because you can share it with everyone because it covers literally everyone. It covers everyone whosoever believes. All right. Another more recent favorite uh, scripture of mine that has come to me uh, recently is Micah 6, 8. That's in the Old Testament and oh, so relevant. Now, John three sixteen is the verse that defines whose we are and how we are forgiven. Excuse me. So, but Micah 6, 8, simply put, it's the verse that sums up what's expected of us as Christians. Point blank, simple. Micah 6, 8 in the Holman Standard, Holman Bible Standard version. Um, yeah, I'm going to read that one. It says this, mankind, he has told you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love faithfulness and to walk humbly with your God. That is as simple as you can get. That 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 advice, I mean, well, actually, no, it's not just advice. It, he, he says in there, it's a requirement. This is what he requires of you. And I'll read it again. Mankind, he has told you what's good and what it is the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is what is required of us. That's why it's so easy to share with other people. Because... When people get confused or they don't understand or they're not sure about God or they think there's this whole long list of things they have to do in order for God to love them. Well, no, he just loves you. John 3.16 talks about that. He loves you no matter who you are. And then Micah 6.8 says, hey, this is just what he expects of you. So if we fulfill this requirement, then we have fulfilled his purpose for us. Now, how can I say that? Because if we live according to these words, then we won't get in the way of what he has planned for us. We won't mess up what he puts in our path. We won't create enemies. We won't miss out on loving others that we're supposed to love and care for, whether they love us or not. We will follow all the commandments if we live under this requirement. We will forgive others and ourselves because if we heed this scripture to act justly, which means uh, literally to act honestly and fairly, truthfully and with a just heart. And if we love faithfulness, which literally means we love adhering to promises made and we stay true to facts and standards that are set before us and we are steadfast in affection for faith and honor. Okay. And if we walk humbly with God, which means we walk with God, not being arrogant or proud, but in a way that shows God is more significant than we are and we walk with him not in pridefulness but in a way that is respectful and courteous to others then if we do all that that is what God calls good and that is all that is required of mankind I 
I mean, I hope that me sharing that will help let that sink into you because it's so significant. He's saying mankind. He's told you what is good and what is it is that the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. So if you do all of those things, all the other things in our lives, including our purpose, will fall into place. That's amazing to me. That's an amazing scripture to me. So that's why I love to share it. So if we would be able to embrace this scripture and this instruction, simple and straightforward, wouldn't the world be a much different place to live in? I believe it would. And this is why it's one of my favorite verses to share with people. So do you have a favorite verse to share? Maybe one that you read regularly to encourage yourself or you like to share with other people to encourage them? Have you shared it with anyone else lately? I would, I, I'm going to suggest that you do. If you've got a favorite verse, share it. If you've got a favorite verse, put it in the comments or email it to me. I'd love to know. Maybe we could do a collection of favorite verses. Um, it's just something that interests me because there's so much in the Bible and it's so diverse and it affects different people in different ways at different seasons of their lives. It's a beautiful thing. It's a living word. All right. So my friends, thank you again for joining me for today's episode. I really appreciate the, the questions and I appreciate you indulging me in doing a podcast with listener questions. Uh, it makes me dig a little deep sometimes and sometimes it's just a, a lot of fluff and it's fun. So I appreciate that. Thank you for the fluff, the fun and the faith. I feel like a Okay. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm in a little goofy mood. All right. So thank you again for joining me for today's podcast of The Woman Inspired. If you are not sure where to find me, just go out to my website and click some of the links in there, womaninspired.com, or you can Google womaninspired.com, or you can Google The Woman Inspired Podcast. You'll find me, I promise. So I'd like to just remind you of one of today's pod quotes before again, uh, before I leave. So maybe it's not just for you, um, and maybe you're supposed to share it with someone else. I don't know. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Thank you so much, and I hope you all have a blessed day.